man-to-man, one-on-one coverage because the safety rolls to Jefferson's side. This guy's like becoming like a circus act. Like he could, <laughs> he could do, he could do this. Von Rock caught a ball with his thighs. We didn't nah, even talk about that. It was more of with his ass. If he throws a good ball, this is a running, catching touchdown untouched. Right. Become who we want to be as individuals, and at the end of the day, that's going to help us be a successful offense. Like, the KP does like these flips after every win. Now I'm like just waiting for him to do his flips. You can tune in anywhere that you guys follow us on social media. Shout out to Jalen Ramsey. He sucks. <laughs> Welcome to the Practice Squad podcast. Uh, my name is John. I'm joined by my co-host Mark. And we're actually, as of this episode streaming right now, one week away from the NFL draft. Uh, so obviously... You know, biggest NFL event going on uh, outside of the the actual season. So I'm stoked on it, Mark. I'm sure you you're stoked on it. Got a few things with that, right? Housekeeping items. Uh, we're gonna have a stream Wednesday night. We're gonna do a mock draft stream. Uh, Mark and I are gonna be plenty active on actual draft night, and then I think we're gonna try to do a live stream on Saturday. In celebration, all of that, we're actually gonna run a merch sale as well. So if you go to our merch website, April 26th to May 1st, we're doing 20% off on the entire store. Draft 20 is the code. We'll make sure to post about it on social media and stuff as well. Mark, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm excited for the draft. Um, you know, in normally kind of like you said, calm before the storm draft season. We still have some good stuff to talk about on today's episode. Um, and we have a guest. Been a few yes, episodes we since we've had a guest. But we got a guest on and we're excited to have him on. Um, before I say his name, I'll give a brief introduction. He's he's currently with the Cleveland Browns wide receiver. Uh, he has a pretty crazy journey to get there. Started at Morgan State, was a transfer to Jackson State, played for Coach Deion Sanders, then transferred to Michigan, played for Harbaugh, was signed as a free agent by the Giants, and then now for the Browns. We're excited to have on Dalen Baldwin. How y'all doing, man? Good, good. So, Dalen, before we get started here, though, so Mark can't say the same, but I can. Uh, your team in high school was responsible for ending my football career. <laughs> so while you guys were celebrating on the bus ride home, I was sitting in the locker room crying that I'd never, uh, you know, put on a football helmet ever again. So I just wanted to personally thank you for that. Like, no oh, hard no. feelings, though, right? No, no hard feelings, though. Not, not upset about feelings, it. Man. <laughs> It was, it, was, it was just friendly competition. That's all. Yes, Crazy hey, game. You guys were the better team that night, and uh, yeah. yeah, we uh, we definitely um, that was that was a good game too because I just remember you know you guys were crushing us in the first half, and then we came out with a chip on our shoulder the second half, almost got it done. Kind of felt like yeah, we ran out of time. Was definitely yeah. it was definitely that was a that was an intense game. That was a fun game actually. It was a good game, but we, uh, you've kind of come a far way since then, huh, Dalen, you know, since beating us, but you kind of went on to do, um, some awesome things. You know, I kind of just want to start with just your starting at Morgan state, ending up where you are now. Can you, can you just kind of do kind of a, I guess like a little story about each kind of stop every destination from Morgan state all the way till where you're at now and how those kind of came about. Yeah. So, um, first thing I started with, like, God designed these stops for me. I'll put it that way. Like, that's like the biggest thing. Um, in all honesty, at Morgan State, I was, it's funny how at some places I was the young dude. So, like, at, at Morgan State, my nickname was Baby Boy. That's what my coach <laughs> called me. But at, at Jackson State, everybody, all the younger guys looked at me like, man, you the old head. You don't be doing nothing. You don't be going out, stuff like that. So, it's funny how the contrast was. But um, Morgan State, man, I was, so the only reason I got a chance to accept my scholarship is because a kid 
didn't he ended up going to Rhode Island and didn't go to Morgan State. So I was the last receiver on the board there. Um, I came in there and uh, it was last day of conditioning. We had to run on 10s. All the coaches were out there. And uh, this is my coach, Ron Dickerson. He's still my mentor to this day, spiritual mentor, helped me get closer, kind of really introduced me to God and, and getting closer to him. So um, yeah. I went, I went, I went. I win. We had 21 10s or 16. I won 19 of them. I won all but the last one, or but the last two or so like that. Yeah. Uh, he come up to me like, man, you you can play. You got You got You actually got a chance. You. I see you work. That's all that matters at the end of the day. Um. Then he compared me to uh, Dante Moncrief. If you know who that is, he played for the coach yeah. not too long ago. So he was like, you give me like that type of vibe as far as you being a worker, not being the most talented guy, but you work hard. So um, it's crazy that I came in. I was the last receiver on the depth chart. Um, by the time we ended camp, I, I played the first game. So um, I was me. It was me and a, and a senior rotator, my boy Deshaun. So um, that was a crazy little journey within itself. Some ups and downs of that of that freshman year. Understanding, of course, how yeah. Good. So that was that was all right. Um, going into my sophomore year, um, I'm like, okay, we got to make something happen. You know what I'm saying? And uh. During this year, it was it was some ups and downs because I didn't get the production, I didn't get the, I didn't get the results that I run it from the work I put in. And uh, at that point, a lot of people choose to oh slow down, man, this ain't working, so I'm not gonna do anything. Or for me, I had a lot of mental breakdowns during that time. So like, yeah, it's tough. Crying, like, tough. I'm yeah, I mean, crying uh, mentally, like, bro, why why is it not working? Um, things like that, and that was frustrating for me, especially being a young athlete. And I'm like, okay. I know I'm working. I put in a lot of work to even get here. So, like, why is this not working out? Um, during that time, I had three coaches at Morgan State in two years. So, And that itself Tyrone, is a challenge. Yeah, Tyrone Wheatley got hired, and um, I didn't get to play for him. But uh, I had, I told him, like, yeah, I got to go. Like, I can't I can't stay here. I can't be here. I'm um, be honest. Yeah. Like, this ain't, this ain't where I'm supposed to be. Um, then – so the craziest part about me getting to Jackson State – I, I went with Coach Dickerson at Jackson State. Coach Dickerson okay. was a coach at Morgan State. I went to him at Jackson State. I had to sit out that first year, so I never got to play for him. That was a dude that had to do that actually went down to the <laughs> never got to play for him. So um, I went down there. I had to sit out. And uh, during that time, I actually went through a depression. I didn't have football. That was the first time since I was seven years old. I was never able to play football. I, I, all I could do was practice, and I couldn't play in the games. And um, – it's a difference between HBCUs in on the East Coast and, and down south because um that that was that was pretty fun. And Mississippi don't have any major sports teams. So Jackson State is in the middle of the city. The stadium is in the middle of the city. Yeah, I mean, you see some of the crowds that they pull. I mean, and even like I mean, Deion Sanders helps, right? Having a name mm -hmm. like that as your head coach, but like yes, those games are packed, man. I mean, yeah, those are like was, big events. It was amazing. And I I didn't get to play before COVID. So after COVID, it was still even a lot of people. But before COVID, man, it was ridiculous. I remember driving up to, uh, I think we played TSU. We played at, uh, at Memphis Stadium. I think it was against TSU. Man, when I tell you, man, that game was so lit and I couldn't play it. I was frustrated. And, um, man, just during that time, bro, I just grinded. Like, I was probably lifting, like, four times a week. Um, just giving everything I had in practice. Like, just getting our – trying to get our defense ready as possible. Right. Like. Um, just serving, serving as, as God would say. Like, I feel like that was my season of me serving and helping others, not not worried about me. And the more I, I stopped worrying about myself, the, the 
the quicker I got out of depression of being worried about me not playing and things like that. So right. it was a blessing, man. Um, but uh, following that, COVID had happened. Crazy time for development during COVID. I was working. I was grinding. There was nothing else to do. Um, and, man, that following season, that's that's when I seen the fruits of my labor. Like, oh, I could really do this. Um, I remember my first practice, Deion Sanders said, hey, he came, he kind of called me over. He's running around. He's like, man, you got something. Like, keep doing what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? So um, that was like a help of encouragement, honestly. Hearing that from him, I mean, like, nah, I was I mean, huge. He, if as anybody as knows, receiver, as if receiver, anybody knows, crazy, yeah. You know? So was he was he biased, Dalen? I I hate to interrupt. Was he biased towards like defensive backs or receivers? I mean, he had to be. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying for him to come to you and be like, hey. You look pretty good. Like I think you could do this. Like that's got because I'm sure he says that to every DB that comes in there. Yeah. But to know. a receiver, you better probably you're probably showing like yeah. really you can do something. And I, I was, yeah, I just appreciated it. So um, just something like something that small um, that ended up helping me a lot. Um, then during that season, man, I just I learned how to be a leader. I learned how to be Dalen Baldwin. I didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't a kid from Detroit. I wasn't a kid from Michigan. I wasn't. <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't a kid from Morgan State. Uh, I was. I was. I figured out how to be Dalen and really be me and, and understand who I am. Uh, during that time, I was. That was like. That was the most spiritual I had become at that time. You know what I'm saying? So and that and that really helped me just having God by my side the entire time. That's that's genuinely what mattered, honestly. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was pushing myself then. I, you had a great I mean, season. Was, that season was like your breakout in terms of like, I guess, the rest of the world seeing what you were mm -hmm. truly capable of. Yeah. You know, I'm sure you always knew and people close to you probably knew, but like Absolutely. no one else really knew. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, I mean, I was seeing stuff like on Twitter and like I was like, he's really coming into his own. Yeah. And, um, you know, then obviously you can go in and kind of talk about how Michigan happened. Right. I mean, yeah. So um, I also want to hit it like doing there, like being there. um HBCUs, they don't doing that training program that I had, they didn't they didn't challenge me enough. So like I'm like that was the work. That was the I was challenging myself. Like I was I was up 5 a.m. doing ad workouts before I ever went to the weight room, before I ever went to practice, before I ever went to class, stuff like that. Like I had to really push myself. Like I don't want people to undermine the work that's put in to do this. It's not easy, like at all. <laughs> I don't want nobody to think that. Um, but I, I had to put in some work to really get where I needed to be. Um, if you hear that snoring, that's my dog right here. Don't <laughs> take a nap. But um, I saw you posted on Instagram today that he uh, he left you with a surprise to walk yeah, in. He left me with a surprise. I'm actually just happy he didn't mess up the entire house. <laughs> right. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Like, there's times during the uh, when we're recording our podcast that John's cat will like take a shit like in the room and he has to act like nothing happened so we'll see that, if that, like if, that, that if your dog wakes up and, and decides to leave something we'll see how good you are just nah, yeah. staying cool I took, I took him out before man we're gonna be good he's he gonna, <laughs> he gonna, he gonna be all right man yeah. but um yeah so um i decided to leave jackson state just uh in disagreement with um how they were handling things and I'm not. I'm not gonna get too far into that because it don't even matter anymore, honestly. But we yeah. just came to a disagreement. I didn't feel like I, I should be there, and uh, honestly, I really sat down and prayed on it. Like it didn't even matter about what how I felt about it, but it was. I really sat down and prayed on it. And God was like, "All right, it's time. It's time to go. I got something better for you." So, um, boom! I, I uh, hit the transfer portal, 
So I had a 16-hour drive home. That 16-hour drive home, I did not nonstop. Every coach called me. So it was all the coaches from the SWAC, from every school in the SWAC. So Alabama State, Southern, everybody calling me. Boom, all right, cool. So then every coach from all the major SCS, FCS schools, James Madison, um, uh, it's uh, Liberty, I think, is not not an FBS. It's, it was a couple FCS schools that had caught me. So okay. um, the major ones, though, because James Madison had won the championship that last year. So I'm all right. Yeah. Then like, um, so almost a little bit, like the for when I first hit the portal, I kind of had somewhere kind of I was going, which was Central Michigan. I was actually going to go there first. Uh, you want to so, team uh, up with me. <laughs> yeah, no, that was really where I was going. Kind of let it simmer down a little bit. Um, so I went from Jackson State, kind of integrated disagreement, kind of in a bad spot. I had to like turn my phone off. I had to turn my computer off. I said, Ma, look, I ain't going to call nobody. I ain't going to talk to nobody. I'm being on the way in the morning, but I just – I got to mentally decompress. I'm going through a lot. Like, I just – I can't understand this. I got to hear him. I got to hear God, and that was the thing. So – I went from there to I got home probably two days. I went to Central Michigan, went to go visit them, talk to um he came from the coach that came from Florida. Um McElwain. McElwain. Talk yeah. to him. I'm like, all right, cool. I get back home. Michigan, Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. Penn State and Ohio State wanted me to come work out. Kent State wanted me to visit, and I went to go work out at Michigan after that. So in in the three, four day span. I went from Jackson State, like messed up mentally. In that three or four days, me and my me and my dad hit the road. We uh I seen three of the I seen the top three biggest college football stadiums and campuses in three days. Yeah. Like, that was a that was like the biggest contrast. And uh that was just God showing me, like, look, I can change the situation like that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, um, that was huge. That was huge. Then uh my decision really to go to Michigan was me, me feeling me actually asking, asking God, like, go to the place gonna make me the best version of Dalen. I, I could chase stats at um, I visited Kent State. I could have chased stats. I, I think I would have had like almost two thousand yards in the MAC. I'm not gonna be honest with you. Like, I could have really just chased stats, but I want to be the best version of me, uh, receiver wise, person wise, whatever it may have been. I want to be the best version of myself. So um, that's what ended up making me choose Michigan. Um, during my time in Michigan, I learned a lot, just like technique wise, as far as playing receiver. A lot of stuff that I actually still use today, and um, also I just learned how to value the bigger things. Like, and I feel like I taught some guys there how to value what they had at Michigan because who they got it good. They got it good. Yeah. At State, Morgan State. It was times where the food closed early. We just can't eat. Like it, it, it was, it was, it was struggle. Like, and it wasn't. It's not easy. Like it was times where pipes froze. We had cold sandwiches for a week. Or yeah. at Jackson State, um, right? Crazy things that was happening. Uh, Morgan State sometimes they just run out of food or you know, calf close at eight o'clock. We got to practice at a little bit later that day, and we ain't really get to eat. We got to go find something to eat. So, um, times was tough. Like, it ain't like I was just telling them, and a lot of guys, uh, some guys at Michigan was like, they like say certain things or like complain. I'm like, yo, 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 you got to stop, bro. You don't even know what you, you don't even know what you getting. Like, this, yeah. is, this is a blessing what you getting here. So. I feel like I, I also helped people around me. Like, I didn't think it was just – I don't think that was just for me. You know what I'm saying? I, I think I really helped some of the kids that was there uh, just appreciate what they had at the end of the day. So, um, then during that time there, I didn't have the stats that I wanted to. I was mad. I, was, I wasn't I was even mad about that. I was more so frustrated about that because I'm like, I think I could have made a, a different decision as far as school. But 
Um, the craziest part is that after after we played against Georgia, and I didn't have a good game. I had one catch. I had the first first down of the game, though. Well, I had one catch, but that game was probably the easiest football game of my life. I I didn't have crazy stats. Um, you can go back and watch it. I just I was open, and I knew every time I was gonna be open. I knew how to get open, and I it just felt easy to me. And um, like most natural. If it, it just felt natural. Um, and for me personally, like that was the time like, I told my dad, I'm like, Dad, I'm ready for the draft. Like, I'm re- I could leave right now. And that yeah, was I mean, that's, that's the, I mean, that the Georgia best defense, defense in the country. Yeah. 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 Best I mean, defense in the country. And I promise you, like, that was the easiest game for me. I knew exactly when I was going to be a little bit. I knew every coverage that I was seeing. I studied. I just understood what was going on. Even though I didn't get the ball, <laughs> they ain't got, <laughs> they had nothing to do with me. They got the best friend seven in the country. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, even though I didn't get the ball, it was like, like I told my dad, I'm like, that was easy. Like that, that was the easiest game of my life, and um, so well, that happened. And uh, I kind of went back and forth on it. I had a lot of people around me telling me, like, "No, you should stay. You need to th- dominate college football." Blah blah blah. And um, I'm gonna be honest with you. Growing up, I never watched Saturdays. I watched Sundays. I always watched Sundays. I never watched Saturdays. So I'm like, man, this ain't about being the best college football player. This ain't. It's cool. That's cool for popularity. That's cool. Like that's yeah. all right, but. Nah, I wanted to be the best player in the NFL, like the best receiver in the NFL. That was that was my goal. Like that's all that's that's all it's ever been. I wanted to get there and be the best there. So that's why I took the chance to go. Um, draft process was 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 wasn't too crazy. It was uh, it was some ups and downs to it. Teams call here and there. Um, a lot of signings. Uh, like a sign as far as like um. Uh, paperwork and stuff. Right. Work crazy questions, things like that. Went to a tropical bowl. Tropical bowls where I got a lot of no, notoriety. Um, showing them guys that you know, no matter what conference them dudes come from, they can't hold me. They can't guard yeah. me. Um, so I got attention to like twenty, like twenty something teams there. That was that was pretty good for me. Then um, during that process, uh, I was told I might get drafted seventh, eighth, seventh round. Might be priority free agent. None of that happened. Um. That was frustrating, honestly, because it was – and uh, that's what any kid who coming out the draft this year, get your mind, like, always be prepared for the best and be prepared for the worst. Get your mind ready for what if none of this happens? How are you going to act? Are you going to keep grinding? Are you going to quit? Like, wh- what's your reaction going to be? You get what I'm saying? Because yeah. that's the – at the end of the day, it's, it's a possibility, especially with a business like this where it might be more DBs this draft, so you might get drafted if you – Came out last year. Next year, you might have get drafted in the third round, but since you now nah, you getting drafted in the seventh, and now you got pushed back priority free agent. Like, how you gonna feel about that? How you gonna react to that? Are you gonna keep working? So, um, that'd be the biggest thing I, I tell any, any any kids coming, especially coming out this year for real. So, um, during that time, I uh, I was at home for two months. Then uh, I, I went to Giants rookie mini camp for three days. They didn't keep anybody except one person. It was seventy of us. They called one person. So. And it was nothing I could do about it. I um the coach literally came to me. He's like, Man, you perform very well. Just keep your phone on, just just stay ready. Um they wrote it up. I had some of the best catches of the camp. Like I did really well there. There's nothing there's nothing more that I could that Dalen Baldwin could have done. Like that was my biggest thing. Like I left no stone unturned. I made every catch, I made every play, everything I could do, I did. So I was at home for two months, training, working out, uh, got grab some quarterbacks, a couple of receivers. We worked out every day. Every day was just grinding. Um I get a call 
um, uh, my agent like, hey, Cleveland Brown was going to work you out. Uh, I'm like, all right, cool. I told my mom and dad, I'm like, uh, pack my bags. I ain't coming back home. <laughs> I got to start packing my stuff. I'm not coming back. I'm telling you, I'm not coming back. Like, I don't care. I'm not. <laughs> like, that's just not happening. I'm not coming back. And uh, I got there and I worked out with two other guys who one was a vet and one was a rookie. Uh, was a rookie as well. The craziest part. So I literally work out. I do my workout. I do my workout. I go to the hospital. They come back. They have me sign my contract. They was like, yeah, we got to get you ready for practice. So I had to practice the same day I worked out. That's crazy. <laughs> so, like I literally worked out. You, had, you mentioned it when you said you're not coming back. Yeah, yeah. literally. Like, literally, yeah. So like I literally processing those emotions too, where you went from like, oh, am I going to get an opportunity to, all right, shit, now I got to perform at practice, be ready to go. You know, like kind of what was kind of the emotions you're going through, you know, how quickly all of that moved within like a 24 hour span. Yeah, it, was, it was exciting. It was exciting, man. It was me understanding that that God had to, had this under control and I didn't have to force, I didn't have to go out my way. I almost went to the USFL, almost went to the XFL, but um, all those kind of situations kind of disarray and like kind of went away, like in, in kind of messed up or in some shape or form. So I'm like, all right. And uh, at that time, God was really telling me like, just stay still. I got you. Just keep working out. I'm put up opportunity in front of you. Um, like, so, for anybody who watches this who don't know, people who go for a workout don't stay on NFL roster. Like, that is almost unheard of. Like, you come in for a workout, you usually go back home. They might call you and practice squad if somebody get hurt. Like, that doesn't happen often. And I stayed on the, I stayed on the roster the entire season um, to the point where even, like, my coach came to me and was like, hey, Dalen, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, you were supposed to be here for about a week. He came to me and told me, he's like, you're supposed to be here for about a week. Um, I got in there, I performed well, and I and I was grinding. I was, I was showing them that I could play. They like, ho, oh, oh, let's like, wait, 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 let's uh, let's let him keep keep playing it out. <laughs> and um, a, another thing that happened, which was pretty scary for me, I had got hurt in the Eagles preseason game. I hit my head, got a concussion. I couldn't play the last game, and I'm crying. I'm like, my, they gonna cut me? Like, I, I did, I did everything I could. Like, I was here, I was, I was doing it, but I think they gonna cut me. And um. Man, I uh, uh, I got a. Uh, I went to the GM's office. He's like, "Before we we gonna release you, but they had to release me to put me on practice squad." So that's how that's how the NFL works. So he's like, "Man, before we say anything, I just want to. You came in here, you did a lot for yourself. We want to give you a practice squad opportunity." I said, "Thank you, Lord." <laughs> like that was the biggest thing because I'm like, "Man, I just know they're gonna cut me. I'm hurt. I, I did everything I could, and I showed a lot to showed a lot of uh, like I showed what I could do during camp. So I'm really happy about that, but." Uh, the process of that was crazy. I'm going to be honest with you because it was like I went from being at home to, like, that first day of practice, Nick Chubb and, like, and uh, Kareem Hunt asking me, like, hey, wh where were you from? Like, what's your name and stuff like that? And um, that was weird. That was crazy for me. <laughs> like, yeah. That was well, crazy for me. And, like, one, th one thing we're thankful for is a podcast that we get to bring guys like you on and, and show, like, how crazy of a roller coaster it is to kind of get to that place, right? Because like people, people don't, don't see even... that story; they just right. see you on the, in a Browns uniform and like, right. oh, he's probably pretty good. Yeah, and Not, like, like you, you don't know, know we'll, the half of it, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll see guys playing on Sunday that people don't know that they were on a practice squad last week filling in for somebody that got hurt, and they could have been caught at any point, right? So it's that, like yeah. the, the line is so thin between success and failure in the NFL, and it's yeah. crazy what you have to kind of put up with, and you know, just kind of go through all those crazy different motions. Yeah. And, it's about it's about faith and understanding you can't control any of it 
it's it's, it's beyond you. Like, because <laughs> at the end of the day, like, you can be a really good player sometimes, and whoever they drafted is going to play. Whoever they want to play is going to play. <laughs> like, there's nothing to do about it. So right. um, that's why I don't. I put my faith in God. I don't put my faith in no no nobody to make the decision for me. God to move as 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 needed, and uh, I know for a fact, like when it's time for me to play and, and produce on Sundays, um, I make sure opportunity meets preparation. That's at any at every stop, every time I bet on myself, every turn of my life is where that happened. Opportunity met preparation. This screen freeze. No, you yeah, his is his is low and then. All right, cool. Yeah, but it uh, froze for a second. We're good. We're back. Yeah, yeah, we're good. But yeah, that's where uh, at every turn of my life, that's where opportunity met preparation, and and that's why I feel like got me here to this day. Um, yeah, I'm definitely blessed though. Like just the little things, it don't even matter about the the the, the bigger things in life. Like it's about the little things, it's just like having a home to come home to. <laughs> like yeah, like I got the car that I always wanted since I was a kid. I got a Mustang now. Like that was my dream car as a kid. Like, <laughs> nice. Stuff like that. So. Um, those That's little a, things to where like this actually worked out, and I talked about all this stuff to my homeboys. I talked about all this stuff to my friends, and um, just a, a lot a, going through a lot to where a lot of even like a lot of people around me in high school. A lot of people thought I was I sucked in high school. A lot of people was like, "Man, you ain't good. You, you should have kept playing a different sport." Or um, a lot of like hate, like just like, "No, you ain't good." Like, but I was just kept working, I kept grinding, and and honestly, in this craziest part, where I show love to all those guys, a lot of guys who hated on me, like I show love to them. I felt like they was good, so I used to be like, "Oh no, he good, like he gonna he gonna get to college, blah blah blah." And um, man, it's just it's just crazy how how everything came full circle. Yeah, absolutely. So you said uh, you weren't you know trying to chase stats or anything like that going to Michigan, but there is one play you were a part of that uh, probably every Michigan fan remembers. So yeah. I'm pull that up here, uh, kind of reigning in the new era of Michigan football. Almost definitely. How's it going? I love JJ to this day. That's my boy. It's a great what was route it, too. What was it like? What was it like, Dayon? I mean, like when you're running that route. Did you did you think he was gonna get that ball all the way across field to you? Like I thought he yes. was. Gonna, did you think no he was chance? No chance that ball wasn't gonna get there. I know that for sure. That's JJ. <laughs> so like, um, what a lot of people don't know about him is that uh, he'll do that in practice. He get yelled at shortly after, but he'll do that in practice. Without- yeah, I mean that's a no no in like every quarterback room. Like, do not throw across the yeah. field across your body. Do not do that. And the, I mean, the thing about JJ and that what I love about him, he is the type of person he's gonna have that um. You're going to have that love hate relationship with a, as a quarterback coach with him, but he's going to, it's the perfect camaraderie of like button heads to where like y'all are both alpha males, but, but he understands like, well, if I got the talent to me throw, I cannot make it. I love him for that. Cause yeah. Cause you can't just sit there as a quarterback. You can't be a, um, a yes man or a guru who just sit there and be like, okay, right. I'm going to do exactly what, what's, what's what the coach say. Sometimes you got to improvise. Sometimes you got to make the play happen yourself. And he, and he's a big, part of that and I love that for him because he just came out this year and had a great year and uh, I feel like he's gonna do even better next year so yeah that's my that's my guy man but that play there I knew that ball was gonna get there when I seen him peek back at me I took off running because I already knew what he was like, I mean that's crazy that you had the chemistry and like obviously clearly he shows it enough in I practice had, I had a chemistry with him from day one I have no clue why like when it, like he gets to the NFL and, and I and if I ever end up on the same team as him, like we're gonna do crazy numbers. We had chemistry from the first day we stepped on the field. I never like he we I don't I don't think we like we just never missed a beat. 
Like even yeah. to where like I'd be running certain dig routes and I might break back out because he's scrambling with me for money. Or if I yeah. sit down in a hole of in, in a certain on like a slant route, I sit in the middle of the linebackers. Bro, like we had crazy, crazy chemistry from the first time. Was yeah. that corner expecting the ball to come back in your guys' way man. during that? Absolutely play? not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Because I had a comeback route, so I was about to cross the field and like hope he throw like a post or something. Then I seen him and I seen the ball fly over. I said, oh, "This is a touchdown. This is perfect." So I just <laughs> ran under and, and uh, left him. That's it's good news killing. for it's good news for you that he's got that confidence in his arm too, and like the trust that you would that you would read that right. Because I mean, I'm not gonna lie, when you see quarterbacks rolling right, you don't think he's gonna throw to the left wideout, like across, like a deep ball too, like a vertical. Like I'm just gonna throw this thing, and that was like for anyone who watches Michigan football. I watched that live, and there was two things Same. that stood out to me. One, JJ McCarthy's the real deal. We have a quarterback situation that's Absolutely. gonna happen here, and then two, I was like, who just caught that? Dalen yeah. Baldwin, like. I know him, so I was like, that was not the note of uh, crazy catches too. Yeah, gotta show, <laughs> gotta show how you got to Michigan, right? Like, gotta yeah. show. I remember seeing this too, and I was like, okay, like because I, at this point, when you made this play, I mean, this wasn't the first big play you made, but it was kind of the one of the ones yeah. that blew up more. But like yeah. you, you were putting together game after game after game at Jackson State, and like your name was just kind of getting thrown out into the world more and more because of your play. And then once you went to Michigan, started making plays there. I mean, the rest is history, as like you said. Um, rest yeah, is history. I mean, how was it? To, how was it to to win the Big Ten and and kind of be able to be a part of that? Well, I mean, was, first I was time in for a while in Michigan. Man, I was just somebody just sent me a video two years ago. I was warming up on the sideline at Jackson State, and I'm here now. Like, like <laughs> I could even like. <laughs> If somebody would have told me that, I would have laughed at them. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's crazy. Be like, all right, two years ago, they'd be like, hey, yo, you're going to go to Michigan. You're going to win a Big Ten championship. Then a year later, you're going to be playing for the Browns. You're going to be, you're going to come in off a workout, though, but you're going to be there the whole season. You're going to get one active game. You're going to make a play. And then you, I don't know what's going to happen from there. Like, I would have looked at them like, bro, you insane? Like, because that, that sounds like a movie. That like doesn't sound like, and, um, and for me, like, and I emphasize God, man. Like, like that. It can only be Him. Like this. Like this story doesn't make any sense. Like, um, I have a coach, an older coach, we call him K. Raj, in, in our in our receiver room, and he literally tells me, he's like, you, how? He's like, bro, you basically didn't ha didn't have a college career. Like, you had one. Uh, that spring, that was spring ball. So I only had six games at Jackson State. So he's yeah. like, you, you didn't really. I might have had a thousand yards in my whole college career. <laughs> Yeah. Some people have that in one season yeah. more than that. So he's like, how did, how I'm like, God, like, it's not, I have no explanation for it. Honestly, it don't make any sense. Like it is not for, it's not for people to understand is my journey. So that's it's what crazy. was it like, Dan, what was it like? So you play for two pretty big names, right. In college. Mm -hmm. What was like, I mean, what was it like for Deion Sanders, like coaching you and then Jim Harbaugh, like what was kind of like the, comparisons of those two and why do you think that they're so successful as head coaches there's no comparison they are two completely different people <laughs> on completely different ends of the spectrum so <laughs> no comparison for real but um just um they get they get players to want to play for them in their own unique way so that's the that's the biggest thing and rather it's i know at michigan we were like we were such a close knit team with uh, Aiden and, and Josh, who was our leaders on the team, and Cade and um, 
uh, Andrew Andrew Vistardis. Yes, that's how you spell his name. That's how you pronounce it. But Andrew Vistardis, like we had leaders on the team to where like it was like, man, we did, like we run this. We the players who run this. Like coaches can do so much, but we run this as a team. I know we were just. I think he does a great job of choosing guys who are leaders. He doesn't let anybody in the program who's not a leader, who's not a, who's just going to sit back and be reserved. I guess you get what I'm saying. So yeah, he has his way of, of doing that and uh, get people to play for him. And Deion Sanders is is more relatable for a lot of his players. So like he gets them to play that way. So I feel like they really both good at getting their players to play well for them. Like I feel like that's they like that's the comparison if anything. Like that's they one similarity, but they do it in. Two completely different ways. Two new. Yeah, they they get to the same destination, right? But it's kind of different. Is you think? How do you think Dion will do at Colorado? You think that transition to a bigger school will work? I think it's going to take a year, but um, I think they, I think, I think they, I think they're going to do all right. Honestly, um, I know one of the it's a guy from uh from Michigan who actually went there. My boy Taylor Upshaw actually go there now, so. Um, that's actually crazy, but I, I think they, I think they do well, honestly, like I don't see them doing really bad, but I think it's going to take a year for them to get where they want to be. Just like, kind of like how I did at Jackson state too. So yeah, I mean, I that transition year, there's not many coaches job. that come in in, in year one. Yeah, you come in and ran right away. It's, it, it's tough, but I, I think it take, I think it take a year, year, maybe two to get, to get really where they want to be to win championships and stuff like that. Yeah. Sure. And, you know, playing in, in all the different places that you did, building chemistry with your quarterbacks between the, the three colleges and, uh, you know, obviously uh, two different quarterback situations with the Browns. Like, how do you go about that? And is it kind of different, like case by case? You kind of got to, like, figure out maybe their personality and their style and how you can mesh with that. Or do you just try mm-hmm. to be you and hope that, you know, things kind of work out between nah, you? I mesh. I mesh. I'll make it easy for you. I ain't even going. I'm not about to stress you out. You got enough to worry about already. I'm. Um, anybody who know me or play with me or play against me, they know I could fit whatever you need. And I'm smart. I'm just as smart as my quarterbacks. Usually I'm not, I know how to read coverages. I see everything that they see in aside from the line. I'm starting to understand everything that's happening in the box now. Cause I kind of just want to get smarter about that personally. But as far as the back end, there's nothing that really gets past me or somebody who could fool me with coverage. So it's also helped me when it comes to my quarterback. So. Um, and that's a big deal that a lot of people like that, Artist into football, like, oh, he's a good receiver because he catches the ball because he's fast because he runs good routes. No, no, no. Like, if you have, if you're quarterback friendly, where you make him look better than he is, mm-hmm. oh, he might miss you on a throw, you still make the catch, or you know, the coverage might change right after the snap, and you recognize it and do your adjustment, right? Like that mm-hmm. kind of thing is a quarterback's best friend, and exactly. it really can make all the difference between a good player and a great player. That that's the that's the difference. So honestly, in the in the game I played against the Ravens, I knew I was getting a ball on both of those plays. Like before the play happened, like I pre, seen it. pre-snap, you're pre-snap, seeing it. I knew I was getting a ball. Like so I could prepare myself and it was much easier for me. The game slowed down completely. Like I knew I was getting a ball. Most plays I know when I'm getting the ball, like at, at Jackson State, I didn't I didn't got on my quarterback, like, bro, you supposed to throw me the ball. Like, what you doing? It's cover three, come back side. What are you doing? Like I'm one on one back here. I'm going to let them know, like, I, because I understand the offense and I understand defense because I, I sit there in the meeting rooms. I'm going to listen. Like, so um, that's the biggest thing. I usually fit to my quarterbacks, though. I'll fit to whatever they need. I don't try to do too much. But um, in two of my cases, weirdly, the quarterbacks that I was coolest with weren't the starters, sadly. And they should have been, I feel like. So at Morgan State, my boy DJ Golat, I feel like he should have played off the bat. I feel like he should have played immediately. Like, 
And he was a freshman, and that was my roommate as a freshman. And that's my boy to this day. So, like, I feel like we could have did a lot. Like, then at J- then Michigan, I think I feel like JJ should have started. So, yeah, no, no. Well, you ended up being right there. Yeah, you were right. I, mean. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. I know. I, I mean, look, so. Like I, I said, watching that, that first play on TV, I was just like, I mean, oh, my gosh. Yeah, you weren't we the only one that, like that was, was thinking that. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, no, trust me. He has a fan base at Michigan, like, on the campus yeah, oh, yeah. of Michigan. Like people yeah. love JJ. So uh now for me, like um those are two situations, but like just trying to get the chemistry with everybody, yeah, it, it's a little different, it's a little difficult. But for me, man, honestly, I'm a type of I'm for the most part the type of gonna be in the right spot at the right time. So if you throw the ball with any type of time, and I'm gonna be there to make the catch for you. So um, what's it like yeah. working with like a talent like Deshaun Watson? Like is the same thing, is is the chemistry Please. the same? Life becomes very easy. <laughs> I'm telling you, no extra like energy exerted, nothing, man. Life becomes very easy working with talented guys um, like Deshaun and Dobbs or, or uh, and Jacoby. Like just like yeah, it becomes it was life becomes a lot more easier. But with Deshaun, um, very easy. He's just different. He's just kind of he's one of them yeah. guys. Man. He one yeah. of them guys. He wanted to. When when he was in Houston, top top five quarterback in the league, easy. That's what I, yeah, I mean, without he, a question, he was only know. showing like more and more potential. Right? Oh, more and more potential, man. He just he's very smart, but like I said, like he give you a catchable ball. He's um he putting it where it need to be, man. I ain't got no yeah. worries. Like <laughs> that's, that's the biggest thing, man. No worries. You go out there, you you fine. You ain't got nothing to worry about. Just go make the play. How did you uh, sort of develop your uh, your pregame ritual too? Because uh, Mark and I were commenting, kind of like JJ doing like the, the meditating stuff. By, I got it from cool. I got you. I got it from and him. And you still carrying that to this day? It's pretty much how you mm-hmm. like to, to so, get prepared. Uh, yeah, most definitely. Uh, meditation became a big thing. I want to say when I was uh, at home for two months, meditation became a big thing for me. Um, I was doing like a, a inter intermid fast. And my first half of the day was it was meditation, read my Bible, um, watching a sermon. Like it was all spiritual the first half of the day. But to, before 12 o'clock, I didn't do anything. 12 o'clock, I went to work out. Then I did did everything I wanted to do. So um, it was all about it was all about God and understanding how to control my emotions, control myself. And meditation is the greatest way to do that, to calm everything and understand. You're in a you in you in the presence of now there's nothing you could do about later there's nothing you could do about before you just here right now in this moment and when you really can focus in on that moment of, of what you have life becomes really easy for you and and you understand that okay we just make the most of this moment right here we worry about the next moment when it gets here and that's what meditation pretty much does for me personally and it helps it helps me completely calm and it helps me become one one with my environment so yeah and you just i mean you just don't you don't even have to think about it like you're just you just, like you said, living in the now, just you can't control anything else. I feel like, I mean, you've said that a few times as you talked about your journey too, of like, you just, you accept what you can control and what you can't control. And that allows you to be so good at the things that you can't, because so many people get so worked up about stuff they can't control and it affects the stuff they can control. It's and I feel like with you, I feel like, I mean, I, I mean, I obviously wasn't there for your journey, but it sounds like that's a huge reason why you're able to get to where you were against all odds, because you never let any of that stuff affect you you just stayed stayed the course did the stuff you knew that you could do that you could control and i mean it's worked out for you right i feel like for so many people other things you know it doesn't always work out for them and maybe that's part of the reason why i mean just from hearing you tell your story that's kind of what i'm getting john i don't know if you kind of agree yeah absolutely 
Yeah. Uh, just, you know, trust in the plan and, and put it in the best work you can every day and just, you know, let, let in the rest up to God, like you said. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, it, was, Dan, it was tough, though. Don't, don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want you to get confused. I had times where I was worried about everything in the world. Oh, yeah. So it, is, it was a process. But like I said, growing mentally and getting yourself mentally stronger is definitely, definitely a part of that. Dan, you said you like to, you know, you prepare a lot, right? And you like to be ready when your opportunity comes. In terms of like, um, you know, scouting DBs, um, guys you've gone against, guys you watch on tape, guys you've heard about from other guys, like the other receivers that your teammates with, mm-hmm. like who are some of like the most impressive guys that like when you line up against them, you're like, I really have to be on my A game to even have a chance here. Like, is there just some guys that stand out on film or that you've played against that stand out? Uh, I had one tough matchup at Nebraska. He's actually pretty good. He was he was on Cincinnati. Now Taylor Britt, he's pretty good. I, I give I give him his credit. Um, I had my best game against Nebraska, but I feel like I could have had a way better game. But he's a pretty good DB. I ain't gonna lie. But um, I line up against Denzel is nice. I line up against him in practice every day. So <laughs> Denzel's nice. Uh, my boy MJ good too. Uh, he really nice too. Um. As far as DBs in a league in general, me personally, I feel like they're not that good. So <laughs> I'm really honest with you. Like, I ain't going, I ain't about to lie to you. I feel like they're not the guy. I feel like I can get open on most of them. Uh, obviously, you got the guys where they had like crazy years. Um, the kid from Seattle, Tariq Woolley, had a really good year. Uh, yeah. Sauce his length, his length and speed is got him and tough. Sauce. Him and Sauce got really good length and speed. Yeah, Sauce I really want to go against them. Like, I really want to play against them because I feel like I can get open on them. I really genuinely feel like that. Yeah. So I really you, want to you, you invite that challenge. Yes. Yeah. Are the Jets on your guys' schedule this year? I don't. I don't know. Uh, who we play? I think I play, I think we played them for the first for the Hall of Fame game. If Got I'm, you. I think yeah. I think that's right. I think, I think we do. So um, I pray I get to line up against them. Like I, I, <laughs> I, I'm hoping for it, bro. Like I really want to do that and just really just show that like there's nobody who can guard me. The best in the league. The worst in the league, no matter who it is. I'm That's the mentality. I feel like so many, so many NFL guys have, right? Like, I mean, yeah. to get there, you have to have that kind of confidence. Because if you, if you go into it, if you go into a rep against somebody and think that they're going to lock you up, they probably are going to lock you up. Like, that's just kind of, that's just kind of what it is. Have, is there anything you've learned? I mean, you've worked, you, you've, you've been teammates with some pretty good receivers, yeah. especially with the Browns, like right now. Mm-hmm. Um, like, is there anything that, like, you know, Amari Cooper, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones, that these guys kind of teach you or that you've kind of picked up from them that's made you better? Yeah, I'll be still – I steal from Coop. I take all his – I take his moves. I ain't going to lie. His, his releases He's got some of the, the craziest – His releases off the line is crazy. I take his moves. I ain't going to – I ain't going to lie. I tell him. I tell him. I'll be like, bro, I need that in my bag. So, I, I go <laughs> – I dare work on Amari Cooper. Uh, like, the, his he, he has this little hesitation, little skip thing that he do that's – probably one of the best in the league it's it's filthy I, it really is like it's, it's so patient it almost looks slow-mo and then he just it, turns it, it on. looks slow-mo but i promise you when you break the dude down it just creates all the separation that you need so i love it and um now he definitely teaches me a lot they both are really smart though man like people don't i want nobody to underestimate how smart they are uh people is the reason i learned to play i learned to play with probably like a three-day span because of people's because of jones people's jones and i'm people's playing the same little league team as me that's yeah. what nobody really knows. We play on the same little league team together. So our parents been knowing each other for like probably like 10 years, maybe like since little league. Yeah. <laughs> so like, and it's crazy because I don't think he knew me for a long time, but I used to look up to him a little because he's on the team above mine, even though we in the same class. And and that's sometimes the realization. He was the number one receiver in our class. I had no stars in our class. And yeah, we and you end up team. in the same team. Yeah. We're on the same team. 
It's crazy. So that's things crazy. like that, little things like that, be like, wow, that's that's a blessing, you know. Mm -hmm. So we got a couple questions left for you. These ones are going to be kind of out of left field. Uh, first one, questions. <laughs> if you were going to wrestle a bear, which person on the Browns roster would you pick one to wrestle the bear with? Miles. I said we we knew it. I said it Miles However big you think Miles is, times it by two, three. However much you <laughs> He's want. a freaking – I mean, he, he, got, he, he got in that car accident, and basically – I mean, it looked like it would be like a serious accident, and he yeah, comes out fine. like scratches. <laughs> like, he's literally like – I mean – would you? I mean, I think if that wrestling match happened, you might end up just like not even having to tag in. Yeah, I think I'd be chilling. No cap. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'd be chilling. Now, would Nick Chubb, would that, Nick Chubb be an option? Is he be like your number two? Absolutely, but Miles is just tall with it. So like, I mean, Miles both, Miles is built like a bear. I mean, exactly. he's, they're both really big, but Chubb is a little bit shorter. Miles is like a six five version of Chubb. Yeah, which is insane. <laughs> like, which, is, which is insane. insane. <laughs> which is really insane. But literally, that's that's literally how he is. So I would take the taller one. If you had to ask me to push a car three or four miles, I'd probably take Chubb. The legs Dude's feed got, the wolves. That's yeah, why Nick, Chubb, Nick Chubb's got the, the is 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 Miles is Miles like the biggest freak of nature you've been like in person to like dress in uniform like against people you've played against too like I mean I know he's your teammate but like he might be just when you're standing next to him like the most intimidating figure like in the NFL like is there is there someone else that comes close Bro, I mean there's some freaks maybe like six nine I care I he I think he's like six seven on a depth chart he may be six nine yeah. six ten. Like he, and he can move because like, I, I, I played against the Ravens. So like I yeah. said, I'm like, bro, he literally like, I think he got hurt and he just stood up to next to one of the trainers. It looked like the trainer just came up to like his hip or something. Yeah. Like it was, it was, it was crazy. So I either him or Calais. Yeah. Those are the only two that I think are like the biggest freak, freaks of nature that I've seen up and up and up close. The Joku is pretty big too. Devin the Joku yeah. is pretty big. Yeah. And he can move. So. Yeah. And then uh, another fun question, you know, everyone talks about their pregame playlist and all that stuff. What is your, like, if you're in the car alone, you're driving, you're playing the song, you don't want anybody to see you singing the song. Like, do you have a song that like your guilty pleasure? Like if I get caught, if I, if someone sees me, I'm going to have to act like cool. Like I didn't put the song uh, on. I don't, I don't know. I don't have them type songs. I don't like, you know, honestly, I listen to a lot of a lot of gospel music, especially back during the season. Like now, I listen to like a lot of like Christian rap music that I don't know how everybody feel about. So I kind of I keep it to myself. It's in my playlist. It's in, it's in my okay. headphones. Like I ain't gonna play it in front of nobody else. I put it that way. Like just because I don't, I don't like uh, I don't want to push my my spiritual beliefs on anybody unless they act come to me asking for it. You know what I'm saying? Or I can yeah. have opportunity to to give it to them. But um, I just. I, that's that's probably it. But I listen to a lot of like Christian Christian rap or like Christian like R and B music. So that gotcha. that'd be the biggest thing. Gotcha. Before we wrap up here, anything else that you want to mention or talk about? We're really looking forward to seeing you play this season. I'm sure you're gonna pop off. Oh yeah, man. I just uh, anybody who grinding, man, just keep going. Like it's it's a, it's a long process. Sometimes it's a way long. Mine's could it's short compared to some guys. Some guys who went to the to the CFL, to the XFL, then got to the league or however they did it. So, um, man, this process could be long for you, but if you know in your heart um, that this is what you're supposed to do, you keep doing it no matter what. Um, 
one thing I did forget, um, God confirmed to me that my junior in my junior year when I was depressed at Jackson State that I was going to get to the NFL. And it's crazy because I ended up telling Andrea and Anthony that I was making it to the NFL before when I was like when we was like five games in in Michigan. Before anybody knew I was leaving, whatever, like I'm like, God already told me I'm gonna get there, so don't worry about me. You know what I'm saying? That's um, awesome, man. Yeah, it was. I think, it was I think your faith, I mean, I'm a pretty faithful person as well, and I just think that, um, I mean, if anyone's you know, anyone who listens to this is gonna see a few common things from this that that they pick up from what you told, you know, your story wise, but I think you know, without faith, you think there's any way you're at where you're at? No. <laughs> that's 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 the biggest I mean, thing. I just that's, think that's, that's what the I was power of it. Yeah, it's like faith is really what it was. So um, I kind of prayed on him, like, hey, God, like, what's my purpose? Like, am I supposed to be playing football? Am I gonna make it to the NFL? He had two very close people, which was Coach Dickerson. He had him like he kind of like was having a conversation with somebody. I was walking down the hall, and he was like, "Yeah, they're gonna get to the NFL. He's got to keep practicing hard." I'm like, okay, so it's crazy. I walked back. I walked down the down the uh, hall a little bit more. My uh. He literally my homeboy to this day, my boy Brandon Sanders. Uh, he like was my like my young dog, like at, at Jackson State. He came up to me, just the most random thing. He literally came up to me. He my, he not right next to me in my locker, he, locker next to mine. He tapped me. He's like, "Hey, Dalen, man, you gonna go to the league, bro? And I'll be right behind you." This is the same day. Like, I prayed about it that night, that morning. This will happen. And like from there on out, I said, "All right, cool." Like I ain't even got nothing to worry about. And um. And it's funny. So Andrell actually ended up taking my spot during the Michigan State game. He had his best game. But before that game, Andrell came to me. He's like, hey, man, dude, like, you feel like the, uh, the like, everybody not going to mess with me because I'm a freshman star. And I'm like, look, number one, don't ask nobody else this because everybody ain't as cool as I am. Like, everybody, some dudes going to hate on you. You know what I'm saying? Just, yeah. Just, you know what I'm saying? Do what you do. And uh, I literally told him, I said, bro, I ain't going to lie to you. I'm going to get to the league regardless. God already let me know, man. You go ball. And he had his best game. And I was so happy for him, man. And, I've been with him. I've been with him since his whole through his whole journey. Even like he at Oklahoma now, I still talk to him all the time. Like yeah. that's my boy. So it's, it's it's definitely a blessing to see him see him do good for himself, man. So yeah, man. Well, listen, we John and I are. I mean, awesome interview. I mean, this was a, incredible to hear your story. Incredible to see. Appreciate it. How you've progressed as a person, as a player. Um, good to catch up with you again. I, I mean, I know I saw you a few months ago back uh, when we yeah. were training, working out. But it's awesome to see, man. We're we're gonna obviously keep tabs on you and keep watching how you're doing. And we'd love to get you on again here sometime. And most definitely, you know, most it's, definitely. It's, it's, just I think people are going to love, I think people are going to love this, man. Our audience is going to love hearing your, your story and just kind of talking some ball too. Like that's no, the that's best. A, that's what we want to do on this podcast. And you nailed it, man. I mean, this was awesome. So yeah, we so appreciate you having on, on dude. Appreciate it. Yeah. No problem, man. I'm a, I'm going to try to push this as much as I can. And just try to push <laughs> out, man, for of course, real. man. Y'all hey, doing we appreciate good. it. Cause man, good luck with everything, dude. I appreciate you. See you as well. What a killer interview for real, um, man. And like I said, and I, I know it's like it, after every single time we get to interview one of these guys, I just always come with the same takeaways. Like, holy shit, this journey is so nuts for all these guys. It's such so a different grind. for every single one of them too, you know? And it's yeah. just, it's, it's ironic that we have, you know, we've gotten a lot of underdogs, right? We've gotten a lot of underdogs, um as our guests you know we haven't had many guys that come on and just say yeah like i was a five star and then i was i walked in and i was the star right. and i started one. everywhere like and it was easy yeah. right exactly. i mean i i think that that almost builds the character that you need to last like he said it is not easy and you know he went through depression he went through tough times like openly talking about i think that's so great too that dalen was just willing to openly talk about some of the stuff that a lot of people don't want to talk about 
a lot, a lot of people will not come on here and say that they were openly depressed for months or that they cried or that they, you know, prayed and struggled. Like he came on right. and had no, no hesitation, just open, open book, told his story, told about the hard times, told about the good times. Like it's all a part of the journey. And I mean, you know, not, not even mention like he, he didn't even put that much emphasis on the fact that he was in, you know, three different schools on his journey. I mean, imagine how tough that is between, you know, meshing with the coaches, meshing with all the players, moving locations, like all of those things. It's, it's just crazy what goes into it. And uh, yeah, can't be more stoked to see what he does next season. Obviously I think he had a, you know, a really good start and I'm sure the the success is only going to continue to to mount from here. So and the, um, I mean, the Browns have huge, you know, potential, I think. And, and we will always have potential. I mean, if you have Deshaun Watson at quarterback, like, I mean, he's a, he's a freak talent, like, and, and you build, you have a good core pieces on defense around him. You have some studs on offense to work with him. You know, he really, really haven't gotten a chance to see him. Right. And like, if he gets to anywhere close to where he was in Houston as a player, like, yeah, it's, it's going to be nuts. And like, you know, one thing I kind of wanted to ask him, but um, it's just like, you know, who maybe he's hoping they draft this year, right? Because I mean, they don't have, you know, they yeah. have a pretty I mean, he amount of capital over that. But exactly, yeah, exactly. But I'm, I'm just curious, like, you know, like, okay, who is he hoping, you know, fills in some gaps on the team and is able to, you know, help make an impact right away or stuff like that. So, you know, because I mean, I think, uh, you know, being able to kind of build out some of the later rounds, I mean, we, we've talked about this and this might kind of segue into our next topic pretty well of, you know, how important it is to, uh, you know, be able to actually add depth to your roster and draft well in rounds like, you know, four through seven, say, right. And the Browns have historically been really bad at that. But as of the past few years, I feel like they've actually kind of gotten a little bit more momentum in that regard. So, you know, it's, it's critical. Now, into that topic, which teams in the NFL to you, Mark, have the most pressure on them in order to have a, a really stellar draft this year that it will separate them from, you know, where they're currently at in the season to, you know, winning those extra couple of games to potentially, you know, make the playoffs or go deeper in the playoffs than, you know, otherwise would. Do you have any kind of teams that come top of mind for you? Yeah, I got a few teams that I think um, when you when you look at this draft have the most pressure. Um, I think one team that will might surprise people with this answer is the Panthers um, because you gave up a lot to get that pick. Right. And anytime you do that, and anytime you're going to invest clearly in whoever you think that you're going to take with that first pick, that is, that is franchise dictating move right there. Right. Like yeah. that. And I mean, they basically pick, got two options they're cho choosing between right now. You, with that, that first you, you pick the pick. wrong guy and people are going to talk right. about that trade for that, that pick for a long time. You pick the right guy and it, and it sets the course for you to have a really, really good 10, 15 years. So I obviously the pressure there and, and dude, having that first pick is tough sometimes because everyone on the board's available to you. And, you know, do you take the quarterback? Do you take the best overall player? Do you take your, you know, greatest needs? So that's why I would put the Panthers up there. Um, a few other teams I think have a lot of pressure. I think the Baltimore Ravens have a lot of pressure. I think everything that's happening with Lamar Jackson, I think that if you can get the right pieces around him this year and, and Lamar plays and has a successful season and with the addition of OBJ and some of the other guys, I think that the Ravens could be a team that, you know, can have a lot of success and that might make him want to stay around. And if you can keep him around, you know, and you draft well, that that's going to help. And then a, another team, I think, well, two more teams, I'll say, that have a lot of pressure, the Cowboys. Cowboys have a lot of draft pressure because there's a, still a few things that they're missing 
but they are a couple pieces away from being legitimate Super Bowl contenders. I mean, you could already probably say they're contender, but oh, they made, they made some crazy free agency moves. They're, they're year, still so. missing. I think they got to get another tight end uh, after losing Dalton Schultz, and they need to get a tight end for their offense. Very deep then, tight end class. I wouldn't be. They need a, They need they a home run them. ball guy. Yeah, they need a home run ball guy at receiver uh, because right now, I mean, they they have Cooks who used to kind of be that, but I, they need a guy who can take the top off a of defense and open stuff up for Cooks and Lamb underneath. Well, um, now with uh, with Elliott cut too, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they went running back a little bit higher than we expect them to as well. Yeah, I mean, you get Pollard, you got Pollard guys. there, but yeah, I mean, they definitely do need an RB two as well. So there's, I mean, right. there's pieces that, they, but again, they're close, right? And then my mm-hmm. my fourth team, and we talk about them all the time, and almost overkill, but the Detroit Lions. I mean, yeah. there's never been buzz like this ever. We have a lot of picks, especially higher valued picks, um, and. You know, you're you're a team that is never in contention, and all of a sudden you are because of your free agency and because of the turnaround of last season. And now you have an important draft because Pressure we consider on, some, you draft Jalen Carter at six, and he ends up being the bust that people are saying he might be. You set yourself back big time, man. Like every pick has a new pressure in Detroit, and so you know I hate to always beat a dead drum about how the Lions are kind of coming into their own and might be legit. This draft's important for them. And I definitely think that they're feeling some of that pressure to now win. Totally. And I mean, look, I trust Brad Holmes. He has not led us astray his first two drafts. Six is a really weird pick this year. And I will say, like, I think I think 18 all the way down, like, it's fine. Let it rip. I'm sure it's going to work out. Six is a really tough one to nail, I think, this year. Because, you know, you just don't have, like, it's a very deep draft class. The amount of, like, surefire superstars that you're getting like there's not a whole lot of guys in this class so i'm interested to see what they do we're gonna run yet another mock draft because why the hell not we're a week away um but yeah no it's it's definitely a a tough situation for the lions for sure um but you know depending on how they do it could be what separates them from you know barely making the playoffs the season or barely missing the playoffs the season to going to the nfc championship like it really could be that difference um and yeah, man, like putting pieces around Lamar, I think is just so critical here. It doesn't sound like, I know Lamar requested a trade. It does not sound like things are dead in the water now with this Odell signing. So we'll it see. Does, what it happens. doesn't save him. I think it buys him time, but that's why I think the draft's so important. You, well, you get and, another receiver for him, or you get, right. you know, you continue to build around him. You get him more defensive weapons to make him feel more comfortable. And like, I mean, the Ravens are a good team, man. And like, if he puts together a good season, like he's capable of, and he has help and they draft the guys to help him, he's going to feel wanted there. He's going to feel important there. And now, now all that's left to do is talk money. And now, and they shot themselves in the foot though, when it comes to talking money, because, because Jalen hurts, Jalen hurts just signed yeah. the biggest contract in NFL history. Um, uh, it's kind of, it kind of breaks the Lamar Jackson million. argument of, at, you know, that style quarterback that runs the ball that might get hurt more. How long is he going to last? Right. Can right. he take these hits? Jaylen well, and, and Baltimore said, like, well, we're because, not worried. Right. Well, because also like from what it sounded like, you know, Lamar was like, I want a contract like Kyler. I want a contract like Deshaun. And the Ravens were like, oh, that's too steep for you. Now with this Hertz contract, price tag probably just went up, right? And they, they got to make something And it will keep going it. up. I mean, because there's some more guys that got to get paid too. But Jalen Hurts, yeah, becomes the highest paid, you know, annual pay player in NFL history. Um, my take is what he's not worth it. You know, it might not be popular, but I don't think Jalen Hurts. I mean, Jalen Hurts misses some open throws. He's, he's far from the guys that are in, in his pay range. I mean, I get you have to pay him. He just took you to a Super Bowl. But, I mean, I don't know, man. 
You know, well, there's some like, questions that's with the him benefit still. Of he had having a great a season. agent, man. Like, is is that it hurts off of the best season that he's had? His agents can drill into that and be like, "Hey, look what this guy just yeah. did for you. Let's get this done now, right?" Like, I, my opinion is, and I and I don't like hating on Jalen Hurts, even though I have a lot for some reason here. Um, but I mean, is you he weren't worth... brought in on the Eagles all last season, so I don't know. Is he is he worth being the highest paid player in NFL history, John? Look, my guess is uh, Robinson is an Eagle, and that takes the pressure off of Hurts's. He's still going to run, and that threat's going to continue to be there. The frequency is going to decrease. Yeah, but is he good enough as a pure passer? I mean, he I don't know if he's a top six pure passer in the NFL. Maybe not even top ten. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough. I mean and he's the highest paid I've ever seen. Too, right? And like honestly, if if I were, you know, uh the Eagles front office, I would wait one more year to do that that deal because of the fact how is he gonna mesh I, I with, would too. with the new offensive coordinator? Right. Yeah, I mean, you I don't, don't know. There's a lot of question marks, right? Because plus, you know is, how it is, dude. Because teams adjust. Right. Teams adjust. Like teams are going to study the Eagles' offense all off season and have answers for them. That's, like that's that RPO like, stuff, the zone read stuff. Like it's that's not going to exactly be successful next say. year. That's exactly what I was going to say. Is RPOs are one of those th- like systems, generally speaking, that it's like you can probably smoke teams with it for one year, and then the next year they they're a lot better prepared for it than they previously were. Right. Um, so it's, it's a lot harder to do that and play action, right? You can build your entire organization off of, and if you can run the ball, it makes it, you know, your world a lot easier, but exactly. And I get what you're saying. I'm getting Robinson and and all that, but dude, I mean, still, I mean, I don't care who you have around him. Like that is a fat amount of money to give a guy who I could probably name. I could probably name four or five guys better than him right now. You know, like, right. I don't know. I don't know. I hate to to hate on him. He got his bag, but like, it's you know. it's tough and you know we'll see if it limits their options in the future thing is with the salary cap going up every single year what we've learned with with history <laughs> is that it's the earlier you do this the better because the cap just keeps going up and you're just gonna have to pay these guys more so lock them in, like that's exactly like think about you know the mahomes deal right joe burrow's that, gonna break the bank right but like when when the mahomes deal first got signed everybody's like oh you're not going to be able to keep anybody on your roster because you're paying one guy freaking you know whatever it was 45 million 50 million dollars a year like this is nuts but now he's probably one of the more cap friendly deals out of you know any of the nfl quarterbacks because of the fact that that deals now what four years in the yeah, past yeah yeah and the, the cap's just gone up the market so. keeps getting reset i mean every yep. time it seems like every time the you know these guys get paid it's like the market just gets reset and the next guy's gonna benefit right and yeah. um you know it seems like that's happening at quarterback and the opposite's happening at like running back and some of these other positions right the value of that quarterback position every year continues to become more and more important and honestly why wouldn't it like there's not many Super Bowl winners that aren't absolute freaks at quarterback. You need yeah. that quarterback to win. There's only been a few teams that have ever actually pulled it off with an average or below average quarterback. So, yeah, you know, it is what it is. But uh, speaking of large amounts of money, the Commanders sold. Yep. What do so you think? Can you can you just go in here. on your? Can you just go in here on why you you know the Commanders are? Before we talk about the the number and everything, why the Commanders are one of the worst franchises currently? So it, it right because we have that, and then you said you wanted me to kind of also break down, you know, like Snyder's return on investment. Like, how is this garbage ass franchise that treats their fans like trash? 
able to sell for $6 billion. Why is there $6 billion of value there? Right. And so look, I've said it in previous podcasts. I'll, I'll run it back again. This is the worst stadium bar none I have ever visited in my life. That's for professional sports period. Not, it's not even close. First of all, it's like a mile walk to get to the stadium. It's, it takes forever to get down there and they don't need that to happen. By the way, it's not in the city. It's in like a field in the middle of nowhere. And it's just like the roads are so bad in the area that like you, you literally can't get to the stadium easily. And so it's, it kind of like works like it's like a, you know, like a college stadium almost, except this is an NFL team that we're talking about. So it's a little bit whack. You get there. Nobody knows where anything is because they did a bunch of construction on top of the same old shitty stadium. So to even get to like the upper bowl that I was at, there's one staircase in the entire stadium for which you can get to it that they took forever to even point us in the right direction to get to. And then nothing's labeled. So we actually walk past the door that took us to the upper bowl. Get there, place is trash, right? You, you've heard about the the bursting poop pipes. Uh, Jalen Hurts, who just <laughs> got his bag. poop pipes. That yeah, is a that, sentence. That's that's a sentence that happened, and in FedEx Field. <laughs> so so right, yeah, you go, Jalen Hurts and Commanders. We didn't mean to connect those two things, but yeah, I mean, no, but Jalen Hurts almost freaking died, almost by having died. You know, yeah, an had collapsed, fall onto him, and, and being the good guy he is was helping. He would have never gotten up. the million. He would have never gotten the the bag. I mean, he would have literally broke his neck. No, yeah. And, you know, it's like you pay your $300 to get to the stadium just to have, like, sewage dumped on you. Dumped you're trying on you. To watch I mean, you can do that for free, on. you know? You yeah, can do that so. for free. Why pay for that? So yeah, Some people are into that, John. Some people Garbage, are garbage franchise. Obviously, we just talked about the stadium. Not to mention the owner is a really sketchy dude. Uh, laundering money, a bunch of sketchy business practices. Every NFL owner hates him. So finally, How about the get- Sean Taylor? Did you see the memorial? That oh, everyone yeah. hates I'm on. the one that brought that to your attention. <laughs> it's like a the, mannequin. Yeah, the... like what is that? I mean, that guy, that guy is like an NFL legend and was sadly killed way too young. And that's how you remember one of the best players you've had in your franchise. Yeah, it's it's not a good look. So, anyways, all of these reasons why this is a, a garbage franchise, and yet it sold for six billion dollars. Why? Because of the fact that. The NFL as a market, as a business, has done nothing but grow and grow and grow ever since Dan Snyder made his, I think it was like a couple hundred million dollars when he first uh, purchased. So this scumbag is getting like a 12x return on this horrible franchise that he managed purely because of the fact that the NFL has done nothing but rise in value. Their tickets, their TV contracts, everything. Um, and so they're pay- are they paying $6 billion for the assets themselves? Hell no. They're paying it for the potential money that this will generate once they get a lot of this shit fixed up. They're going to probably build a new stadium. Maybe the commanders won't even be called the commanders. They, they might they change, change their name a fourth time. Too. I mean, they had a chance to make it right and they just failed. Yeah, horrible, horrible and name. Their name uh, sucks. Their stadium sucks. Uh, yeah. You go there and you literally get shit dumped on you. Like, and it sold for $6 billion. Like, what, what would your guess be that the Cowboys sell for right now? Oh, uh, more than that, because of the fact that purely because of the fact, not only probably the biggest brand in all the NFL, but because it's a pretty well-ran organization with good, you know, assets and and stuff like that. Like, so I, I like think what would be your number equation. guess if the cow if Jerry sold the Cowboys right? If now, Jerry sold like the Cowboys to right, like, dude, like I'd say I mean, like eleven or twelve billion dollars. Yeah, 
Like, I would say even least. higher. I'd, I'd say more than double what the Commanders just sold for. If I had to I, guess, I agree. What was what did the Denver's uh, the Denver Broncos get purchased? Five, for? right? Four billion, five billion. Um, yeah, four four point six billion dollars, right? So I, I guess they, you know, even the market size here, they think that Washington is a bigger market than Denver, which. I, I don't know if that's accurate considering how many teams are in the area, right? I see more Baltimore fans. You know, I live 30 minutes outside of DC. I see more Baltimore fans walking around. Uh, yeah, well, there's area. not a ton to be proud of with the commanders. <laughs> right. In recent yeah, that's years. true. Maybe they're, so. they're not donning as much merch for that reason. So, um, get, switch into Lions talk, and then I think we kind of, you know, do a mock draft, wrap up the episode. How's that sound? It sounds great, dude. And, and just a reminder, too, with the draft coming this week, expect a lot of draft content. Um, Awesome. I will I will go live on either Instagram or TikTok during the first round draft. So um, and then we will obviously John and I will put out a bunch of I mean, we're going to rate the pick, every pick of the first round. I plan on talking about uh, we're going to give team grades and then throughout the draft and after the draft, a lot of stuff's coming. So if you don't already follow, subscribe and you will get to see all that stuff because that's going to be entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. So I sent I sent you this list. There's a lot of guys that are like on this list and obviously like top 30 bit visits. I don't want to say they don't mean anything. I just want to say that like, this does not mean that these guys just skyrocket to the top of the list. Right. For example, like, uh, you know, Mozzie Smith is not on here, except he definitely serves a need for the lions. Right. If he's there with one of their second round picks, just because he's not on this list doesn't mean he's not going to get selected. These are just guys they've met with that they, yeah. they clearly have some sort of interest in. So, Mark, my question to you is, you know, pick five guys on this list that you are super Stand excited out. about. You're right. Like that are like, holy um, shit, if we can draft that guy, I'm going to be stoked on it. Okay. So, obviously, uh, we're not going to get Stroud, but he's on there. Um, you know, again, you, you, you this. This list is interesting. You you don't want to take too much time to look at it because you never really, you know, it doesn't mean that they're going to get drafted by us or anything or that we're going to do anything crazy to get any of these guys. But if they're there, these are guys that we're definitely going to consider, right? I mean, we're showing some interest. So Clark Phillips, I've been high on for the mm -hmm. past few episodes. Love that he's on here. Okay. I think he's one of the better corners in this draft. He will fall in the draft. And I think that uh, if we're smart enough to get him, that would be great. Um, Darnell Washington is on here, which I love to see those. The second John sent me this, those two names are the first two that stood out to me because I think that we can get those guys um, with our second, third round picks. And that would be awesome for us. Emmanuel Forbes is another defensive back. I like a lot on here. Um, another guy I think that could fall that we could get. And then you want to talk about like the bigger picks. Um, Jalen Carter's on this list. And there's a lot of, I don't know what my opinion is. Honestly, I don't think I have enough knowledge of what's going on behind the scenes with him. There's a reason his draft stock went from number one guaranteed overall pick to he's talking about falling to like out of the top 10. Um, something's going on. And I've, I've, I've seen some comparisons to like Nick Fairley, like when the Lions drafted Nick Fairley and he had all the potential and, you know, flashed all of his skill at Auburn and he comes in and he flashed signs of greatness but was not consistent. And that scares me with him. But if he's there at six, I think we take him, you know, I think so. That's a guy on there that I really like. Will Anderson, if we're able to trade up to get him, because I do think he will go before six, if we're able to trade up and get him, I would love that. And then the final guy I'll talk about uh, is Hendon Hooker, who I know that you're high on as a quarterback. Um, 
Hooker or Robinson, man. Either one of those guys, I'd be so happy if we selected them. Um, yeah, I, I and I watched you know a lot of Robinson's tape. John sent me. He's he's high on him. Um, with him, I just see a lot of um, you know, I don't know how good he'll be as a pro. I see a good college player. I see a lot of potential, but like there's just some of the stuff. A lot of the stuff that he was doing is 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 easier stuff. Um, in terms of like reading, you know, he's not doing a ton of reading coverage, a lot of RPO stuff, you know, a lot mm. of stuff that I don't know how well it translates to the next level, but the, the natural arm talent, some of the arm angles he was making throws on some of the deep 70% balls he was completion getting. percent. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, and, and again, you know, it makes it easier in that system and all of that, right. but, um, you know, honestly, sneaky athletic too, dude, like he had some crazy plays with his legs. So yeah. there's a lot there that could happen. I just don't know how well it translates. Um, and then one other guy I'll say too, John, before you kind of go into this, Dalton Kincaid, I think might be the best tight end in the draft. Yep. Um, I don't know if we, if we take him at 18, I, I think that's, I don't like drafting a tight end that high because I just don't know if, I mean, if you're going to draft a guy that high at tight end, he's gotta be like a Kelsey kind of player. I don't know if he's that I'd rather us take someone else and then get Washington later, you know? Yeah, I, I agree with that. But too. he's a and, great player. So, and I'm, I'm going to break down, um, you know, a, a few of these two. Obviously, Park Phillips, I'm really excited about. Garrett Williams, I, I think he has great ball skills. I mentioned him as, you know, kind of my underrated cornerback. Uh, when we, we did the defensive player review uh, last week, so I'm excited about that. Uh, Psyche Ika, right? It was that, that a big uh, D tackle that I said, you know, maybe if we skip out on Jalen Carter, um, you know, he's, he's one that stands out to me. We met with Drew Sanders. We have not met with Jack Campbell. Uh, between the two, I'd probably prefer Campbell, um, but I'd be happy with either. Honestly, they're they're very similar in, in their size and ability and play style. I'm um, surprised at the lack of linebackers on this list. Me too. Um, but again, like, you know, carry that with a grain of salt because, uh, you know, like that that doesn't mean we're not looking for linebackers. Obviously, it just might be, you know, we didn't have the opportunity to meet with them. Um yeah. You know, Jalen Carter, similar things. Look, my final stance on Jalen Carter a week out here is that if Brad Holmes, you know, does his due diligence on him and decides that he's worth taking at six, then I trust Brad Holmes because Brad Holmes tends to not mess that shit up. Um, Personally, I would be a lot happier with a a Will Anderson at at that pick. If he falls to us or trading up, whatever. It's great to see him on this list, obviously. Brian Branch, we don't really need a safety, but he's a stud, so I'd be happy about that. I like the fact that we've met with three guards because that probably tells me we're going to get one of these guys at some point, and I think uh, padding the interior offensive line is definitely a, a good thing to do at any point. Um, so, Interesting. You know. I was interested that we had Adrian Martinez on it as um, for quarterbacks. I'm surprised mm-hmm. there was, you know, I mean, Hooker's good to have on here, but, like, surprise, no Max Duggan. No Stetson Bennett, any of those guys that, you know, I don't know. Look, man, I, I think, me. right. Uh, and again, that doesn't take them out of the equation, but I think overall, like we're looking for a backup quarterback. We're not looking for somebody to replace Goff right now. At least that's how, yeah. that's the vibe that I get. So, um, and then, yeah, I mean, Washington and Kincaid, probably my two favorite tight ends in this draft oh, yeah. for their respective value on where they're probably going to be drafted. If we, if we make out with either of those guys, I'm going to be stoked. And, you know, uh, Shoemaker is probably going to be like a fifth or sixth round kind of range. And I would be happy with him, honestly, just because of his size. I think that just having some mismatch opportunities is solid with, you know, what a receiving core looks like. So 
Um, yeah, I mean, I want to I, I want to give a shout out to a, a friend of the show who has been on the show for about three seconds until his mic became the devil. Uh, Carter Ferris texted me after one of our episodes where I, where I, he, you know, we were both talking about how good Darnell Washington could be. And if John, yeah. while if you want to go on YouTube really quick and just look up, yeah, I'll see if Washington I can pull up highlight, that. just pull up a highlight. Like, oh, okay. Any highlight of Darnell, just search Darnell Washington highlights and we'll watch like 30 seconds. Wow. So it. you're actually going to put Carter on blast. On, I'm on putting my blast live, dude, because I text, because he texted me this and I was like, I don't know, man. He, and Carter said that he thinks that he's a great blocker but he's a little bit stiff and doesn't think he'll uh, be able to kind of move and get open in the NFL. And then I was like, okay, maybe like I get, he's bigger and maybe he's a little stiffer. Then I go and watch his highlights. And I was like, I'm not exactly sure what Carter Ferris is seeing, but I see an absolute freak of nature. Look, I see, I see him making every freaking contested catch purely because of his size alone. Like, so if, if you want, I mean, Look at, I mean, he just threw that corner like it's Look a ragdoll and then a hurdle. I mean, he's jumping there. over people. How is he not, how is he stiff? <laughs> he's six foot nine. Yeah, maybe he's stiff Look because at this, of the fact that he looks literally like, looks like Goliath the Giant running on middle school or something. What there. is stiff about this? I mean, I guess he's kind of like jogging his route here, like maybe, but then, then you see him go up and get it. But again, see- like moving like that for six foot nine is like, like the way that an average person, he, moves dude, he weighs is like two seventy. <laughs> oh, like he's man. not going to be as harder. quick as I know he's not the quickest guy in the world, but the fact that he can carry people seven yards and the fact that he can his catch radius is six foot eight, dude, and like the in fact my head, that he blocks. Now he did I, say he blocks well, but he was right, worried about his ability. Does. But his, his pass catching ability is phenomenal, and like look at him standing next to these other grown ass men that are that are you know incredible athletes look at this look at this runs a wheel route goes up and get it and then you are you kidding (laughs) like what is the athleticism question mark i don't get that i don't i i think this dude is going to skyrocket uh i think he gets drafted in the first round dude i think so too and it kind of stinks because i think it kind of in my head the lions are not going to get him because they're not going to be willing to take a flyer on a tight end in the first round and I think he's going to be gone by the time that we get into the dude. 40s. One-handed snag, like look at this guy. It, it's not, and dude, like I seriously think that like this breaks the Lions' offense if we get him. Because the one thing we don't have is a dude that's just straight up bigger than everybody else on the roster currently. And like I've said, like At Perry is kind of my guy to go for if you're trying to just get like a size mismatch. This dude is six foot nine. <laughs> This guy's a freak, dude. Like, I don't know <laughs> where fair, like, I, and I hate to put him on blast and we'll, pre, he, he'll probably be on the show next week. Cause we're going to do a mock we'll be on the show. We'll, ne- so we're going to get, we'll get a, a bunch of friends on here. Yeah. We're going to get a bunch of our, you know, close friends on here. We're going to give, we're going to designate them teams and we're going to do a, like a, a pretty good mock draft next week. Ahead of the, uh, you know, in honor of the NFL draft being a week from today. Um, we're, we're going to do that. And Ferris is for sure going to be invited to be a part of that. He'll probably find out when he listens to this episode tomorrow, but, um, yeah, he's going to be surprised to see that I drop his name and, and blast him here, well, but hope like, his microphone needs to be functioning in order to come. We'll get it. He'll get it. He'll get it right. <laughs> I don't think he'll make that mistake. I mean, he was literally Vecna no. from stranger well, he, things. He, coming in. he popped in on the live stream, the first live stream that we did too. And it was a, a properly functioning mic. So I don't know what the hell. Yeah, he's redeemed that, himself. I mean, he, he um, might just be Vecna himself. You know, he might be Vecna for sure. All right. So are you ready to run one more mock draft? Uh, Lions. Mock yeah, draft? yeah. 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 Okay. Can, how about let's, let's do, do let's do let's pick here's what we'll do uh 
Do you have like a random number generator? Uh, yeah. Or something. Just do like I a can... random number, and uh, we'll say like you know, and we'll just kind of go in like an alphabetical order, and I'll draft that team. You draft Alliance. Okay. Sounds good. We'll give we'll give another team kind of a random because I'm just curious. I'm kind of curious to see who who we get and like you know. Okay, we'll just go in, in rows. You know, right for eight, twelve. You cool, see what I'm cool, saying? Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, just do a random number and then number was I'll... fifteen. So uh, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Packers. You're gonna be a Green Bay Packer. <laughs> okay, shit. <laughs> that's fun actually because they have a whole, lot of, oh, a yeah, whole lot of in... questions dude all right let's do this shit up shit all right now just for the record i'm assuming rogers is traded for this per- for the purposes can we yeah. can we do that can we take that into account and like get picks or i don't know how that works yeah the only problem with this is um is i can't force the trade to be accepted so whatever we i'll just send them like all of you know, whatever picks that the Jets are going to give him, it'll be fine. It'll work out. Okay. Anyways, right, cool. um, I am, I'm going to reject these trades. I think the Lions do trade six or 18. One of the two. I don't Dude, think if that trade was offered to us, what the hell? If we got would, Buda Baker and Hopkins would, for the I would six, take that. I would 100% There's no way that, that trade is offered to us. Dude. No, there's no way that trade is offered. Hell but, no. But if so it is, the, whole the sake of being realistic, I'm not going to accept that. Not going to accept that. This one's interesting, but I wouldn't also, accept that. Also, not going to accept that. So no, I'm not taking Derek Henry for the Wilson seasons. was taken at three. Anderson was taken at five. I think it will probably be flipped, but that's what I think is going to happen. And so I am going to go Jalen Carter at six. All right. Now, quickly, I'll pause this. Green Bay proposes trade to the Jets. They give him Aaron Rodgers and who do you, the Jets are probably going to give up. I'd say probably their second and third rounder for Rodgers. I don't think they're giving up their first. I don't think that's why they're stubborn. They're stubborn on their first second and third and then a player. Okay. So let's just do that. Um, And then I don't know. We'll just to make sure this trade goes through. I'm just going to like throw some goodies in there too. Sure. Beautiful. All right. So you got your draft capital. I'm going to resume the trade or resume the draft rather. Okay. You got offered 25 and 57 for 15 going for it or just for the sake of realism, you're, you're going to no rejecting. All right. So I got here. Sheesh. Witherspoon's still there or he went off. No, he's there. Yep. Wow. Um, for I'm trying to, you know, I'm thinking about my my young quarterback here. <sighs> yeah, but it's not a deep wide receiver class, and that's the. Tough I know part. that's what I'm saying, but I do see someone that I like in Quentin Johnson. Is that what you're rolling with? Yeah, give me Quentin Johnson. Give me a big play receiver to kind of go with Christian yep. Watson and, and Green Bay like size for their receivers. That seems to be dude, where they it's quarterback this. friendly, you know, and yeah, you need it. You need a red zone guy like that. I'm going to reject this trade. I'm going to reject this trade, reject this. trade. I okay, hope so those it, trades actually happen, even though they're not going to, but the, I mean, yeah. so at 18 here, Robinson is still on the board. Joey Porter is still on the board. Lucas Van Ness is on the board. I think, 
Our running back situation, right, we get a lot with Robinson, obviously, but I'm pretty happy with Montgomery being on now a three-year deal in Swift. So I'm comfortable with probably passing on him, even though he's such a generational talent that hurts a little bit. I don't think Porter is that stellar that he's worth taking in the first round. I think the only guy that's truly a first-round quarterback is probably Witherspoon. You can make an argument for Gonzalez, but I I don't think the Lions are I I like Joey Porter a lot. I, I do like Joey Porter. Um, I just don't think, right, you're at pick 18 here. You know, alternatively, you can grab Lucas Van Ness right now, which is where I'm going. You have two stud edge rushers and Jalen Carter in the middle. That's probably the best defensive line, one of the best defensive lines in the league with that lineup. So I'm going to go Van Ness here. That's your that's your lineman bias. Hey, man, you win in the trenches, you win, period. I think it's funny that Robinson got selected there with uh with the Giants. I know this is just a robot at the end of the day, but that'd be some drama with uh Saquon for sure. If that were to this happen. is a robot and you're a bot. I am a bot. <laughs> you're right. Decline. Right. Decline that trade. Yep. Oh man. Oh, I I think the guy that you go for here, if you're trying to be quarterback friendly, staring you right in the face right now. Yeah, I mean, I also want to protect him as well. Good point. Um, also, I don't even know if he is the my the quarterback of my future, you know? Go back up to the top, John. Is this the top here? This is the top, yep. Um, okay, I might, you know, I'm looking at the draft where Michael Mayer's there, Jameer Gibbs is there. Hendon Hooker's there. Wyatt's there. Ah, so tough. I, I I will take, I'll take Michael Mayer at tight end. I'll do the obvious. I, I think I'll that take... is the pick Green Bay would make, considering they have one tight end on their depth chart currently. <laughs> yeah, I I would do that. I think he's, you know, I got to go offensive line with my next one. I think that's a good move. The problem is. The amount of tackles you're getting, right? There was quite a drop off in the first round. So, what you're going to go interior offensive line? I'm going to probably just go best offensive lineman available. Uh, I can set that up for you. There is your offensive lineman available. Was that just guards? Nope, guards. Oh, yes, it is just guards. So, so tackles you got Cody Mouch, Warren McClayton, Blake Freeland. I actually and, like that. I like that guy from North uh, North Dakota State a lot, actually. And then just guards, just so you know, you got a bunch of guys it. that I don't recognize in Chandler Zavala at one sixty nine. Um, yeah, go back to tackles. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Cody Mauk. North Dakota State breeds damn good offensive line, dude. There's a reason that they've won like seven national championships in like eight years. That's a good point. Okay, here I am at 48. So, so far I have grabbed all defensive line. Um, I'm going to see which tight ends are still on the board. Laporta's still on the board? Laporta's still on the board. I I don't love Laporta, though. Uh, And I've said this previously that I think he's somebody I'd grab probably in the third round if he's there, not with my second round pick. There's a lot of, there's a lot to like with him. Look, Jan Cam- or, uh, Jack Campbell's on the board. Um, let me see really quick what we're doing cornerback-wise, too. And Clark Phillips is on the board. 
Uh, that's tough. You have more of a need at linebacker, but yeah, I'm gonna go Campbell and hope to God that Phillips makes it the next six picks. That's what I'm gonna roll with. Because there's always next year for cornerback, but I think linebacker we got to address right now. Let's go. And you survived it, so so yeah. This what is turning are, out to be my what favorite pick. Are line. you at right now? Fifty-five. So that's my that's our second second round pick. Yeah, and I think Clark Phillips will be there. I think so too. I'm hoping that Gotti will be. Right now, so far, this is my favorite Lions mock draft I've done, and I send Mark one just about every single day. So, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a problem for John. It's it's a little bit of an obsession. If I ever need like like you know, some people take smoke breaks at work. I don't smoke. I just you just take run and mock, do a mock draft. Lions <laughs> mock draft. Uh, all right. Are you taking this trade? Then, I mean, it doesn't even make any no, sense. because it's 2024 reject. pick, and then same thing, 2024 picks. All right. So here you are at 78. You got your, your lineman. You got your tight end. You got a stud wide receiver. I feel like I feel like Green Bay, if they were to acquire three guys on the offensive side of the ball, would go defense here. Can Can you? They oh, would because they love defense, but they also wouldn't have taken a receiver in the first round that's or a tight end in their next pick. Can you go to offense and go to receivers? Uh, yep. Oh, I know you like Rice. At Perry's there. I'm taking him. At Perry is there. Perfectly fits the the Green Bay mold. I think that's a good pick. And at 81. Ooh, that's an interesting trade. I will reject that. And this one's to trade down with the Chargers, but then trade up to 125. I'm going to accept this one, if that's cool with you. Yeah. That's fine with me, man. Listen, I'm your rival. Why would I Why would I advise you You know, here? I'm the Green Bay Packers. Like, you think I'm going to help you on draft day? I know. I'm, I'm just saying, like, what's realistic, right? What could happen on draft day? I don't want to get... Because some, sometimes I like start accepting trades on this thing and it just gets real fucking wacky. And then it's like, all right, this yeah. is never going to happen. Right. Um, yeah. So at this point, I feel like you start to kind of look like, all right, best player available. Um, I am going to see tight ends because I haven't picked one up yet. Um, Not a lot of. You got Wiley's left out of Cincinnati. Uh, you got Wiley out of Cincinnati. You got Koontz out of Old Dominion, who is the same size as Darnell Washington. Um, and then you got Shoemaker is probably going to fall a little bit further than that. But I feel like none of these guys are really worth taking with this pick. So I'm going to go back to all here. And Sewell's going... there. You want to unite the brothers? Yeah, I just I don't love Sewell on tape. Is my problem. Um, I thought I saw uh. What's his face from Penn State? Not Brown, but the uh oh no, Ivan Pace literally just got selected. So by me trading down, I missed out on him. Uh F it. I'll go with Sewell. And your boy Tank Bigsby got picked. Yeah, that's okay. I'm not I'm not that worried. I don't think I honestly don't think we pick up a running back in this draft. We might, but we don't need to. No, we definitely don't need to. Um I'm gonna go, yeah, I'm gonna go with Sewell here. 
Like I said, I don't love the tape, but whatever. It's it's a mock draft at the end of the day, and we do need We'd love to see the brothers play together, dude. That'd be kind of yeah, cool. It would be cool. I think both of us do a little bit of hanging out here for the next while. That's fine. We need to add like elevator music over this. Dude, you can sing. You're a singer, dude. Can't you like say, oh, Tomlinson just went, damn it. TCU. <laughs> All right, you're up. Of you course, just got dude. picked. You just got given given a shit ton of draft capital capital to trade back. Are you taking that? No. Okay. Who you want? I feel like Green Bay doesn't do a lot of trading. I'm tempted to do another receiver, but I can't. I already took two. Go to uh go to offense, go to offensive line again. Check tackle first. Okay, go to guard. Zabala's still there. Yeah. Um I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Anthony Bradford out of LSU. Shout out to him. Muskegon guy. Play Mark giving the Muskegon looks, and you got another pick coming up here. You just got offered a trade. Uh to trade back one spot, you get pick 184. Yeah. Accept that. Yeah, it seems all That's right. Reasonable. Okay, go to um, man. Jaden Reed's still there. I like Jaden Reed a lot, but I, it's a third receiver. Go to go to defense. Um, go to go to linebacker. Just want to see who's left. Go to uh, edge. Hmm. This is where it gets interesting. Go to corners. Nobody I love. Uh, this would be a total Packers move, so I'm going to do it. Take Riley Moss from Iowa. Got you. White, white corner. I mean, come on. Green Bay, that suits. That suits the Packers. Uh, this is the point in the draft where I grab... Really? Uh, is he gonna fall? Yeah, man, because next pick's at 150. Look at Duggan. Nah. You would pick yep. the you other would thing pick I him over Duggan. Actually, hold up, hold up. Yes, I would, first of all. Second of all, um, I'm actually changing my mind. I'm gonna grab Garrett Williams here. This feels that has Brad Holmes written all over it. Him grabbing a kind of a, a slept on cornerback with good ball skills. And then I'm just gonna hope that uh, that Robinson falls uh, to what did I get? What pick 150 something? You're next here though. Start looking off who's coming off the draft board. All right, your trade or uh, your turn. No trades. I see Mike Morris there. You know, Michigan edge rusher, pretty productive. Yeah, I also like a Jomo from Texas. Um, and you got Shoemaker. No, I wouldn't do another tight end. Uh, keep, go down a little bit. I'm going to take um, KJ Henry out of Clemson. Yes, sir. I like this. the Clemson defensive line. There's really only one bust you can think of in, the, in recent years. The rest of them have been very productive. Grabbing Robinson. I can't believe you, you just took him over Duggan. Uh, yeah, 
what as far as NFL success goes, I think Robinson has a better chance at it than Duggan. Sorry. Sorry. I don't know, man. Um, I don't know, man. Did you see what Duggan did to the Michigan Wolverines? Shut up. Uh <laughs> interest in this trade. No. Okay. Um go to uh offense and go to receivers again. Yeah, there he there he is, top of the board there. Charlie Jones. Charlie Jones. Charlie Jones out of Purdue. One of the most productive receivers in the country last year. You never heard of him? You didn't see him play against your Wolverines in the Big Ten Championship and have like 12 catches for 160 yards and a tud? Nah, they didn't win, so he's not remembered. They competed. Oh, and Chandler Zavala is still there, picking him up big. Got our interior offensive lineman. Cannot believe he's still there. And now it's your turn, by the way. My bad. Um, All right. I see a running back I like. But the Packers already have Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Yeah, but, but they're I feel getting like this a little older. Yeah, go Cam- Cameron Peoples, App State. He's a stud. Very hard to tackle on the first contact. That dude runs really, really hard. Sounds like a Packers type of running back then. Yeah, he fits fits really well. But he's like kind of a hybrid between AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. Um, I believe this is the Lions' last. Pick and so I am going to grab Jake Moody. Wow, that would actually be awesome if they are able to get Jake Moody. We I, need I mean, something consistent. I was gonna say I'm, I'm not super mad with how uh, Badgley played, but you know Jake I, Moody I just, is clutch. Dude. I, I like, was about to say like Moody's clutch. Like he he knocks those babies through when they need to happen. So and he's a touchback machine for kickoffs. You can't say retweet in 2023, dude. Uh, I can say whatever I want in 2023. Retweet? This isn't 2016, bro. Uh, You're a weird ass. Um, Pick a pick. (laughs) um, Go to offense. Uh, Yes, sir. No, actually. uh... Okay. Go to quarterbacks. Because I don't know, to be honest with you, if Jordan Love is the guy, right? And they so they're going to draft a guy in the seventh round? They got to draft a guy, you know? Okay, for sure. And I, I don't know any of these guys except I, I know some of them here. Scroll down. See if there's any... Stetson, Stetson Bennett. Bennett. There. <laughs> Do you see how many of these guys they have rated ahead of Stetson Bennett, dude? That you 530 on the depth chart. That's what yeah. I'm saying, dude. Um, man. All right, screw it. Take Stetson Bennett. Yeah, I was about to say, it's like I feel like you gotta. <laughs> oh, and you have another pick. Yeah, exactly what you wanted. Beautiful. Go to. Uh, let's see. Um, man, it's tough, dude. Go to special teams. Kicker, I assume. No, no. Hunter? Uh, no, don't like any of them. Uh, go to defense and go to um, the tackle. Uh, let's let's go. Let's go, Keandre Coburn out of Texas. Yes, sir. Then I think that's 
Nope, you got one more pick. <laughs> oh my god, dude. Best available. I don't like player. I don't like being the Packers. No, let's see what we got here. Let's go. Uh you're killing me. I'm killing you. You think the Packers would just take the best available player? No, it's never that simple. Go uh go offense. <laughs> that is true. Let's go uh dun, 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 dun. go centers. All right, let's go. Um, take Chris Murray out of Oklahoma. Address the main things the Packers need to address. Getting Chris Murray that late, beautiful. Never heard of him, <laughs> but he's from Oklahoma. Hey, good. You know, good thing you don't. Oh my god, do I have another pick? <laughs> yeah. What the hell is going on right now? It's like a hell that we can't escape. All right. Uh, this sucks being a Packers fan, I guess. A Packers GM here. Um, go to wide receivers. I want to see if there's any that I recognize left. Nada. Go to tight ends. I already took one, too, which is beautiful. Um, I don't like that, any of those. Uh, go to go back to quarterbacks. Draft two quarterbacks in the same year. I'm kidding. <laughs> No, go to defense, go to linebacker. I got I'll get oh a linebacker. Oh my god. Release me from this hell. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm gonna go uh Barnes out of Western Michigan because I played against him. There's a dude named Bumper Pool on here, and you're gonna No, go I ain't taking I ain't taking him. Bumper taking pool? Him. No, can't do it. Dude, I'm drafted. Oh the Saints just got a steal with bumper pool. All right, so I got does it, oh, it, it will show yours. Okay. Oh, yeah. Jalen Carter, Lucas Van Ness, Jack Campbell, Clark Phillips, Noah Sewell, Garrett Williams, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Chandler Zavala, Jake Moody. This is hands down. If the Lions did exactly this with their draft, Super Bowl. I'm calling it right here, right now. This is our draft class to a T, exactly. We're going to the Super Bowl. Um, does it give Mark you a grade? Uh, it does not because this is not uh, pro football focus because they make you pay money and I'm not giving those, them my money. Those. You see all these advertisements like that we can't escape. That's why. Um, what Mark Quint, Quentin Johnston, Michael Mayer, Cody Mauk, A.T. Perry, Anthony Bradford, Bradford, Riley Moss, K.J. Henry, Charles How many Jones. picks did I have? What the Cameron hell? Peoples, Stetson Bennett. Like seriously, you apparently have like fourteen seventh round picks. I I actually I actually like I like Jonathan my draft. Cooper, Chris Murray and Z yeah, I think uh, for the players that I recognize who they are, I think you did a great job. I think um, I did a great job. I think I got some great late talent that we've never heard of. Yeah, know? yeah. I think I think you loaded up on talent that. I couldn't tell you the slightest thing about. Sometimes, hey, Dalen Baldwin, Baldwin went undrafted. You know, some of the, some of those guys sneak through the cracks. I, I like how you just full circle. Full circle. That. Yep. yep. There we That's go. What I do. That's what I do, John. All right, that is what I do. Um, it. I think this is the longest practice squad pod episode we have ever had. Thank you so much to Dalen for coming on. Reminder that April twenty sixth through May first, we are running a sale. Entire merch store is twenty percent off using Draft Twenty as the code. Draft um, Twenty. We will see you guys a week from today for our mock draft live stream with the practice squad. Squad. 
with our friends and uh, the practice yeah. squad squad. The, the lot of, it's squad. gonna be entertaining. I would tune in to that one. Um, yeah, and then obviously tune in when we go live for the actual draft as well. Feel free. I'm sure I'll go live with some people. John will not be available, but I will. Uh, look, maybe I'll queue in from the bar. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. He might dad. be a couple beers deep and, you know, calling all sloshed. Whatever. Uh, I, I don't remember the last time I got sloshed off of drinking beer, but we'll see what happens. Probably with with don't you. Act like a big, don't act like a big. Don't act like a yeah. Don't act like a big old tough guy, dude. You know I'm not I mean? a big old tough guy. I'm just saying my my stomach gets hurt before anything happens. That really nine out of ten drinking scenarios for me is that I have to tap out because my tummy hurts. So that's I'm actually a, a baby. It's embarrassing that you have to say that, but okay. Yeah. That's a good way to end the. It's uh, a good way to end the episode. Um, thanks everyone for listening. <laughs> Merch, live streams, draft coming next week. Peace. Peace. Oh, wait, I got to do the... Yeah, I'm, I'm really on it with the, the MCing today. We'll catch y'all later. <laughs> oh, what did